Thank you so much. Kando, so great to see you. Been absolutely buzzing this week. We had a great time. Three days of prayer and fasting and we're just so encouraged by how many of you guys uh, turned up to pray with us and uh, we packed this place out for three nights just with people calling on the name of the Lord and a great sense of the presence of God. And uh, you know what? Things are better when you pray. Do you know that? Things are better. Than, oh, 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 oh. Just, I'm going to say it again because I just know we've got some people who believe that in the house. Things are better when you pray. Yes, there you go. So very, very exciting. And uh, yeah, we've, we've got some uh, exciting things to be believing for in 2017. We had a great time last week, a little bit different. We changed things up. And um, we uh, were in three different venues. I don't know about you, it seems like, I can't believe that it's only a week ago since New Year's Day. It seems a lot longer, but we were here in the main hall, in the overflow and in the light room, and it was a little bit different, but we just had an excellent, an excellent time. Uh, and uh, yeah, saw God do some great things in each of those venues, absolutely packed them out. Great stuff. Well, with that in mind, I want to come and uh, bring a word uh, for us as we look to this year ahead. And I want to turn your attention to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. Reading from verse 1, and this is what the Bible says. It'll be all right soon, don't worry. It seems bad right now, but you're going to come out the other side. <laughs> come on now. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. And they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go and sell the oil and pay your debts, you and your sons can live on what is left. We're going to be speaking to the subject today. Bye-bye emptiness. Hello overflow. Come on now. Bye-bye emptiness. Hello overflow. Turn to the person next to you and say, bye-bye emptiness. Hello overflow. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your word is here to do us good. We thank you, Father, that your grace is truly sufficient. And God, as we gather in your presence 
today. We are believing you to do something in our hearts. We do not need something that will simply feed our intellect. We need something that will inspire us and fuel our spirit so that we can move forward in the things of God. We believe that miracles can take place in this moment. Shifts in mindset can take place. We can have an encounter with the Holy Ghost that will change everything for always. God, we believe in, Lord, that some of us will not leave this place the same as we gather around the Word of God. Father, have your way in this place, we pray. And a faith-filled church said, Amen. Amen. We find this widow in a desperate set of circumstances. We maybe in our culture don't really understand the significance of this in that not only had she lost her husband, but she had also lost her voice in society. That she was considered to be of no real value. And we find that now she is in the predicament of not only being poor and not only having lost her husband, but she's about to lose her two sons. And she cried out. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe she's not a, a woman that would usually go around crying out. And yet, and yet it's amazing what you would do at the end of your rope. I remember one year, I've mentioned this before, but we went to, um, we went to uh, London as a, a family and, you know, we've got four kids and we, you know, it doesn't matter how many times you tell them to stay close and to keep your eye on you. Well, anyway, in a absolutely packed Oxford Street, if you've ever been in those, that Christmas shopping where you can't stand still, you almost just get carried along by the crowds. And in that kind of crowd, we lost, uh, we lost Joseph. He was uh, a lot smaller then. He was small once. And we, we lost him in the crowd. And you know, one minute goes by and two minutes go by and three minutes go by. And then you realize, wait a minute, there's quite a lot of time going by. And, uh, and, we, and, and you know what? I mean, I'm not a guy who normally goes around shouting in the street. But you know what? what, what I was getting desperate and I started saying, Joe, Joseph, Joe. And uh, I remember this American lady saying, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. And, uh, yeah, and just uh, anyway, eventually we found him. In fact, you know, obviously we found him. Um, <laughs> but the, 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 the reality is that I'm not that guy who goes around crying out like that. But you know, when you get the end of yourself, you find yourself doing things that you wouldn't ordinarily do. And, and this woman had got to the end of herself. Uh, her sons and her security and her future. I mean, she was at a breaking point. If she lost her sons, she had no future and she couldn't see a way out. She needed change and she needed it now. I don't know whether you've come to church this morning needing change in your life, but I can tell you right now that we are in the presence of not a change agent, we're in the presence of the change agent. God is the change agent, and He is the one who can change your circumstances. The fantastic thing for me 
is that this woman in her desperation had the understanding that she would seek out the anointing. She understand that she was in a set of circumstances that she was not going to be able to change herself. And so she brought herself into the presence of the anointing. I am fascinated by our ability as human beings to wear ourselves out, doing that which only God can do. The Bible tells me that it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. It is the anointing that breaks the yoke. I need the anointing if I'm going to see real change brought to my life. I never understand. You know, sometimes when I'm out and about and about and, um, you know, uh, in maybe a supermarket or in town, sometimes you see people you've not seen in church for a while and uh, you say, oh, how are you doing? Yeah, good. I, I've not seen you for a while. And you know, people like now they want to tell you why they've not seen you. I, I, they've not been to church. And I can't tell you how many times they've said, you know, oh, you know, listen, I've just been going through a bit of stuff. You know, I have a few challenges, but don't worry, Pastor, I'm coming back, eh? I'm coming back. And it's like, I, I nod and I smile and I say, oh, well, it'll be good to see you. But my brain's thinking, I don't understand it. I don't understand why you would have been going through some challenges, going through some stuff, and not putting yourself in the presence of the anointing to try and bring change to your life. Why would you try and sort it out yourself? Elijah said, how can I help you? You know what? God wants to help. God wants to help you. Turn to to the person next to you and say, God wants to help you. It must have been music to her ears. Anyone who's been really desperate for help and had someone say, let me help you. It's like music to your ears. And the man of God said to her, which was intriguing, um, what do you have in your house? You see, poverty was the issue in this problem or Or perhaps more accurately, it was the presenting issue. Poverty had been thrust upon them by a man's untimely death and the fact that he had left behind a problem and not a solution. May God help us to be people who leave behind solutions and not problems. You know, the Bible says that... um, that blessed is the man who leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And we want to be people who are generationally minded and leave blessings behind. But this man had left a problem because the Bible says the creditors, he had, he had built up debts and now there were other people picking up the problems that he had left behind. And he was, his sons were on the verge of becoming slaves. You know, poverty had produced desperation. I want to say that poverty is not God's plan for our life. And, I, I, you know, the trouble is when you say things like that, some people will try and accuse you of, of preaching a 
prosperity gospel and all that sort of thing. I don't believe, I honestly don't believe that every one of us are called to be millionaires because not everyone, every one of us could handle the pressure of being millionaires. That's the reality. You think you could. But I can tell you this for sure. They're not every, we're, we're not called to poverty. There is no virtue in poverty. And the only people who've ever tried to convince me of the virtues of poverty are people who are not living in poverty themselves. I've seen how poverty will ravage a family, ravage a society. It is not a good thing. It, it, it causes social problems that, 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 that forces people to do things that they would not otherwise do. To, to live in poverty is stressful. Not knowing where... The next meal is coming from, not, not knowing how you're going to get through the next week to, to keep going to the cupboards. I know what this is like. We have done this, to keep going to the cupboards. Uh, you've been there. You've been there three or four times before, and there was nothing in there. There wasn't anything in there last time, and there's nothing in there this time. But somehow you just keep going back. Yes, there's still the salt, the pepper, and the tomato sauce. That's all there is. But you keep going back thinking that somehow it's going to have changed. It's, it's stressful to live in poverty. And yet the man of God said to her, what do you have in your house? And it seems a ridiculous question. But God was about to give her her greatest gift, which was a paradigm shift. She needed a change in her thinking. I believe that God has sent me today to, to, to bring to you, to give you a gift of a paradigm shift. Because I think that your greatest gift for your situation is that you need a shift in perspective about where you are at. You see, she needed to understand that she might not have much, but she does have something. She had a little oil. And God wanted her to focus on the fact that when, that when we focus on God and focus on what we have, our faith is restored. There are way too many of us focusing on what we don't have, focusing on what, where we lack, focusing on what is wrong. And God wanted to change this woman's focus. He told her to go to her neighbors and ask for empty jars. You see, he set her to work. He gave her a job to do. She came to cry out to him in desperation, but she gave him a job to do. Let me tell you, your dreams will only work if you do. Your dreams will only work if you do. Pray your prayers by all means. Prophesy your prophecies. Speak to your mountains. But you are going to have to do something. You are going to have to roll up your sleeves. You are going to have to put your work boots on. And you are going to have to do something about your situation. God is going to cause you to be the answer to your own prayers. And at first, it looked like God was giving her more of what she didn't need, which was more emptiness. Why? 
just giving her empty jars, just giving her empty pots. But God wasn't giving her emptiness. He was increasing her capacity for what he was about to do. God wants to increase your capacity for what he is about to do. There needed to be a shift in her circumstances, but there needed to be a shift in the way she thought. See, we ask, we ask God for, to answer our prayers. And sometimes he will give us something that seems like contrary to what we're asking. We say, God, I need you to give me something. And he sends us looking for jars. So I'm like, nah, I've not prayed for that. I don't, I don't need that. I need you to do this. I need, I need an answer. I need it now. But, but God, God has his way of doing things. His ways are past finding out. I don't understand it, but this is where our trust and our faith have to kick in, where we've positioned ourselves in the presence of the anointing and we hear God's answer, we have to do what God has asked us to do, even if it doesn't line up with what we think he should do and when we think he should do it. Will you trust him? I don't understand why it is that sometimes I can be praying for a breakthrough in that situation, and then God will challenge me about my tithing or about how much I'm giving. So, well, I'm not talking to you about that, God, but, but God, God knows that these things are linked. I don't understand why I'm having issues with my son, but God gets me to help you with yours. I don't understand why, why I might be looking for a promotion in my job there, but God gets me to help you in your job, and it looks like I should be concentrating more on my job, but get, God gets me to help you with yours. It doesn't make sense, but collecting jars doesn't make sense, but God is increasing our capacity. He wants to do more than just answer our prayers. He wants to give us a shift in our lives. Do what God is asking you to do even when it doesn't make sense. See, the man of God was taking her on a journey. He was taking a woman who was overwhelmed with her disempowerment and teaching her about empowerment, teaching her that she was empowered to do something about her situation. I'm talking to somebody in this room right now. You are overwhelmed with your disempowerment. And God wants you to know that through you, you have empowerment to change your circumstances. God's going to do it, but he's going to do it through you. See, I think that we get underneath the story a little bit when we get behind some of the comments that the man of God is making. Elisha said to the woman, when he sent her out for the jars, he said, don't ask for just a few. He said, don't ask for just a few. Why didn't he say, ask for a lot? 
He said, don't ask for just a few. Because he was speaking to this woman in the language that she needed to hear. Because circumstances had conditioned her to think small. And because she thought small, she talked small. Say, how do you know that? Well, I know that because when he went up to her and said, what do you have in your house? The first thing out of her mouth was nothing. I've got nothing. Which wasn't true. Because she had something, but she devalued what she had into being insignificant. It was small, but it was significant. You see, small thinkers ignore what they have in their hand. And that's why God needed, this was so much more than just meeting her need for the present moment. We just say, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry, give me food, or I have a need, meet the need. But God is trying to do something so much more. He's expanding this woman's mind. He's empowering her to, and, and, and getting her to change her mind. Her world, the world she had lived, lived in, as she'd lost her husband and lost everything and was about to lose her sons, her world had begun to shrivel and shrink, but God was about to introduce her to increase. But in order to receive the increase that God was going to give her, he had to get her ready to receive what he wanted to give her because otherwise he, she wouldn't be able to manage what he was about to pour into her life. He needed, God needed to change her mind. We need to change our minds. Because God was raising her level of expectation. She, circumstances had taught her to expect little. Circumstances had taught her to live with a little, to expect things to go wrong. My life's going wrong. Everything's going wrong. I've, I've, I, I'm losing things. I'm losing things. I'm losing things. Life had taught her to think like that. Now God was saying to her, no, you are, you are, I'm about to increase you. I'm about to pour something into your life. Are you ready? Are you ready for what I'm trying to give you? God needed to open her mind to possibilities Otherwise, she would not be able to absorb the new thing that God was seeking to do in her life. Now, I, I understand this. Some of you in this room will understand this because of your life and your circumstances. Some of you have, because of, of, of the way you've been brought up, you, 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 you're just a, you're, you are a big thinker. I, I'm not, I do not come from that kind of background. I've had to learn. I, I, have, I was a small thinker coming from a long line of small thinkers. We, we had not, uh, we, we had not known, we had not, we, our expectations were low. We, we didn't believe for the big and we didn't believe for the great. But then one day I met a savior. And he changed Everything. Amen. 
But how many of you know that, that I, I found the gospel or the gospel found me and, and, and there had to be a renewing. God needed to change my mind. It's not, it's not a process that just happens one day. It's the gospel uh, it impacts your whole life for all your life. And, and, and God, God is wanting to change your thinking. And he, the way he changed my thinking wasn't that one day I went to a prayer meeting or one day I just lifted my hands and, uh, and, and God instantly changed my thinking. The way God stretched my thinking, stretched my mind, the way God introduced me to a God of possibility and, 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 and um, caused me to walk free from my impossibility thinking was that he led me into impossible circumstances and then showed me that with God all things are possible. See, that, this was the kind of process. God, God was taking this woman on a journey, and I understand that. God has that over the years, has had to, is taking me. It doesn't stop. He's taking me on a journey where I am being stretched, that I understand that my God is a God of possibilities. You see, it's one thing to say it. You know, sometimes we're good at saying things, but, but, but we, well, if we, if we want to see it truly impact our lives, if we want to see that impact our lives, we've got we've to go through some stuff. I can't even begin to tell you how many times in my life it has been said to me, that's impossible, it won't happen. Over and over again, God has put me in situations where in the natural, it was impossible. In the natural, it wouldn't happen. Even from the little and mundane things like, you know, we, we um, I've, one day, in the, we, we used to rent those offices across uh, the road as, as a church and um, just up from the light room. And I was sat in the front one of those offices and, uh, and I felt the Spirit of God speak to me. We had, uh, st- we talked about whether we'd have another child or not. And I don't know why it came on my mind, but this, 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 the Spirit of God uh, spoke to me. And, um, and I was saying, you know, arguing with the Lord, uh, saying, you know, look, you know, four kids, God, you know, that's a different level, different car, different house, you know, really, Lord. And, 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 you know, God said, do you believe that I can meet all your needs according to my glorious riches? I said, I do. I do believe that. And he said, trust me. So that night I went home. I said, babe, babe, I really feel the Lord has spoken to me about having another baby. And I remember looking at me in the eyes and saying, well, you have to speak to me first. <laughs> but um, anyway, nine months later, the baby arrived and uh, the Lord provided. Now, we, 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 we needed another car. And the, listen, back in those days, um, there wasn't too many uh, like people carriers around like there are these days. But... Uh, I remember, I, I think the one car we could afford was, some of you might know it, like the Mitsubishi Space Wagon. The Mitsubishi Space Wagon. It was like a, a car where they'd stuck two seats in the boot. 
So there was no boot, but it was that. But that's, you know, like that was where we were at. And, uh, and I was after one of these, and I was literally told, eyeball to eyeball, you will not get one of these. It's impossible to get one of these. There are not enough on the road. And the moment, the moment they are, they get snapped up. Well, you know what? The Lord got us one. And we drove it around. It was a simple thing, but it was a huge thing to us. I've been told it was impossible, but we got it. I was told it was impossible for us to emigrate as a family to South Africa, but we lived there for 10 years. I I was told, sir, it is impossible for you to leave with this visa today. And I left with the visa that day. I was told, your son will not pass this exam. He shouldn't even try. My son passed the exam and got grade B. I was told that I will never lead a church. Well, here I stand. I want to tell you that God is the God of the impossible. But you've got to walk through some impossible to get to the possible. God has to stretch your thinking. He has to stretch your mind. Get off so you can shake off the limitation. Shake off the restriction. Shake off what's been handed down to you down the generations. I've been handed down some stuff. I was handed down some stuff by my forefathers, but that does not mean I have to carry it with me. I have not passed that stuff unto my children because of the power of the cross. If you will believe, some of that stuff cannot and will not get through the cross. The cross is more powerful than ever you imagined. And God is bringing you out the other side. God was teaching me to say bye-bye emptiness and hello overflow. I wanna say to some of you today, that you have known lack, but God is preparing you for abundance. Some of you have known sickness, but God is preparing you for health. Some of you have known what it is to be overlooked, but God is getting you ready to be noticed. Some of you know what it is to be bound, but God is bringing you to a place of freedom. Oh, turn to somebody and say, bye-bye, emptiness. Hello, overflow. God was doing something in her mind. God wants to do something in your mind. He wants to do something in your thinking. He wants you to be frustrated with managing lack and and small and piffling around with crumbs when God wants you to enjoy a feast. Why would I settle for little when God wants me to have much? Why should I manage with just enough when God has prepared a feast for me? You see, God wanted her to think big, but she had to be prepared to start small. She had a little oil. She had a little oil. You've got to think big, but you've got to start with a little that you have. God is going to work with the little that you have. You see, a little oil pours, but it pours very slow. 
if you've got a little and you're pouring out a little, it's going to pour slow. I want to say to some people that even when God is giving you a miracle, even when God is answering your prayers, sometimes it takes a little time. It takes time. But if you keep pouring, don't get frustrated. Don't say, it's not going quick enough. It's not going quick enough. It's not going quick enough. Some of us are so impatient. Just hold on, hold steady, and keep pouring. And one part at a time, one moment at a time, one situation at a time, God will bring breakthrough into your life. She didn't have much, but God was going to do a lot, a lot with little. My God, right now, for someone here I've just preached, you might not have much, but if you'll trust God, he's going to do a lot with your little. I want you to imagine for a moment There they were in this desperate situation. They placed themselves for the environment, the anointing. They'd spoken to the man of God. They'd gone round all their neighbours. they collect pots. They brought them into their house. And now there was just still a little oil. And they began to pour. First one pot, then another, then another, then another, then another. Can you imagine how the atmosphere in that home began to change as the oil kept pouring? That suddenly their desperation and despair was being driven out with the joy of expectation and anticipation as the oil just kept flowing. How their hearts must have lifted, how their eyes must have widened, how their lips must have curled into a smile as they saw what God was doing. God changed the atmosphere of their home. I believe that I've come to tell you today that God wants to change the atmosphere of your home. God wants this year. God wants to change the atmosphere in your home. He wants the oil of joy to flow again in some of our marriages. He wants the oil of joy. Where, where some of our relationships with our children have got a little strained. God wants the oil of joy to flow again. He wants to change the atmosphere in your Home. And I'm not just talking about praying. Yes, we need to pray, but we need to do something. We want something to change. We're going to have to collect some jars. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to do something. I've got to do what I can. I, yes, I'm going to pray for a better marriage. Well, what am I going to do? What am I going to contribute to make this marriage better? It's not just about thinking, well, what are they going to do? It's what am I going to do? What am I going to do to make my family, the atmosphere of my family home better? What, what attitude am I going to bring through the door at the end of the day? After a hard day's work. What, what, what kind of mom, what kind of dad are the kids going to be presented with? 
Are we, are we going to be grouchy? Are we going to be miserable? Are we going to be sending them away? Yes, we want to believe for God to, pour, to, to, to bring a new atmosphere to our home, but I'm the atmosphere carrier. I'm the one who is going to carry that atmosphere. So what am I going to do? See, the oil that flowed declared a new season for that household. I want to I wanna pray and believe and prophesy right now a new season for your household. Whatever was last year, whatever has been before, whatever has been your recent story, in Jesus' name, I am declaring a new season for your marriage and I am declaring a new season for your household. I am declaring a new season for a relationship with your children, but you are going to have to do something. It's not that you just sit back and watch God, because let me tell you, you, God will cause you to be the answer to your own prayers. All I know is that with every drop of oil that fell, she was saying, bye-bye, emptiness, hello, overflow. You see, you might not have much, but God can do a lot with a little oil. You might not have much to bring, but bring the little bit and let God do a lot with it. You might not have much left at the end of the day with your husband or your wife or your kids, but bring the little bit of oil that you have and let God do something with it. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. I know we tell ourselves that the best thing I can do right now is crash in front of the TV. No more leaving. Tired, tired, tired. Daddy's tired. I've had a big day. I've had a busy day. I've had a busy day. Go on, go on, go on talk to your mother. Talk to your mother. Talk to your mother. We, that's what we think is going to make us feel better. That does, but but I want you, you, you say, I haven't got, I've got, you've got a little oil. Don't say I've got nothing. I've got a little oil. And God can do a miracle with a little oil that you have God, somebody is walking into a new season right now. I'm believing that families in this house are going to walk into a new season in the name of Jesus. And I want to say that I'm believing for us as a community to walk into a new season of expectation and anticipation. But there's no good, it's no good for me to stand on this platform and say, I'm believing for great things to happen uh, in this house and the atmosphere of this house and what God is gonna do with us. If you're going back to homes where you are miserable and, and, and the atmosphere is poor, God wants our homes to be places filled with joy. It wants, it wants, it's, a, it's, a, it's a place of joy, a, a place of restoration. What can I do? What can I bring to make this house a place of joy and restoration? 
You know, it's, it's like, you know, what, what can we do? School mornings, I remember what they were like. What, what can I do to make my mornings better? I've talked about that. We, you know, like, it's actually, Lynette, she, she just came to the end of herself. You know, it's like those mornings, every morning, every morning, I can't find my shoe. I can't, well, where did you put your shoe? I don't know. You know, it's like, but you walked in. Did you walk home with one shoe? No, you came in the house with two shoes. Yeah, well, where is it? I don't know. I think Aaron moved it. No, Aaron did not move it. I, I, it's like, I've lost my sock. You've lost your blazer? Where is your blazer? And it's like, uh, you know, you're walking out the door. Oh, I think uh, I was supposed to bring something in for art and craft today. Have you got an old dustbin or something? I, it's like, what? And it was like day after day after day until in the end, you know, that was the atmosphere in our home. Every single day was like, ah, everyone walked out the door. Ah. <laughs> If you'd had a quiet time, it was of no value whatsoever. But, uh. And Lynette said she'd had enough. And, you know, instead of telling them to get up 20 times, you know, she, she um, decided that she was going to play some praise music. It would have been, back in those days, one of those integrity music tapes. Or Ron Cannoli. Does anyone remember Ron Cannoli. And, and the first morning, the kids were, oh, what's that noise? Turn it off. Mom, mom. I don't know which one of my kids actually talks like that, but <laughs> I think when they all talk together, that's the noise that it produces. And, but you know what? As we kept going every morning, the music came on and the atmosphere in our home changed. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. I didn't find one of my kids coming into the bedroom with an open Bible saying, you know, Father, I just feel the Lord wants to encourage you from his word today. And I still remember someone not finding their shoe or something. But, but the point was the atmosphere changed. What am I saying to you? Stop accepting the atmosphere you've got and believe for it to be better. If you're believing for it to be better, what can you do to make it better? What, what would it look like? What would your every days look like if you put more energy into managing your mornings? What would your Sunday mornings be like if you put, planned it? Instead of every Sunday beginning with you screaming at the kids and saying, Every Sunday driving here saying, I can't understand it. Every week, it's the same. We can't get up. We, can't, we get out every other day of the week, but we can't get out on a Sunday morning. Now look, we're late. Blah, 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 and, 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 and we arrive at church. Really ready to worship and praise the Lord. That's why some of you are in the worship. You're like, If that's happening, week in, week out, God wants us to know we're not disempowered. We're empowered to do something about that situation. We can change it by making some simple adjustments. Turn to the person next to you and say, you've got a little oil. 
Oh my gosh. So time's, time's gone, but let me just close with this. God gave them a strategy to deal with the debt. Let me tell you, I just believe if someone's got the faith to receive this today, God has got a strategy to help you deal with your debt. Let me say you something. For those of you who are believing for God to get you out of debt, let me tell you something. If you got yourself into debt, you're going to have to get yourself out of debt. Believe for a miracle along the way and God will give you miraculous help, but you work yourself into it, you're going to have to work your way out of it because you need to learn some lessons. The answer, the answer is not just simply getting that solved because you haven't learned, because you have to learn to not end up in the same place where you are. So you've got to get, if you got into it, you're going to have to get out of it, but God will give you supernatural help. But as you, as you do what God uh, asks you to do, then it's bye-bye emptiness, hello overflow. God prospered them and secured their future. They had enough to live on. I want to say that I believe that God wants us to understand as He lifts the level of our expectation that God wants to prosper us. God wants us to know that our future is secure. And I'm believing with you for promotions and increases and bonuses and unexpected gifts. But I'm also believing for wisdom for you to budget the resources you've already been given. Some of us were so busy saying, oh God, I'm believing for promotion. I'm believing, I'm believing for increase. I'm believing for a miracle gift. Yet God has already resourced you. And what you need to do is plug up the waste, budget wisely, and then you will find that you had resources already that you didn't even know anything about. Bye-bye, emptiness. Hello, overflow. God changed her mind. She was done with small thinking and talking small. She turned her back on lack and watched increase pour into her life. I want to believe that there are some people here today who are ready to turn their back on lack and they are going to change their mind by the grace of God and they are going to believe that God is going to pour increase into their lives. Bye-bye, emptiness. Hello, overflow. And God changed the atmosphere of her home. God wants to change the atmosphere of your home. Let the oil of joy flow. I want to believe, why can't we believe for a joy, a year filled with joy and laughter? When was the last time you had a good old laugh with your husband, with your wife? When was the last time you had a good old belly laugh with the whole family? Hey! Some of us, we, we get so stressed, you know, and, and we, 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 we want to do it right. Hear me right. You know, some of us are like, oh, quick, 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 shut, 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 quick. We're going to pray. Right. All right. God, we just pray for your peace and your joy. Just pour.
pour your spirit out in our home, Lord. It's like you're a good God. And just honor and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, get in the car. I, I mean, really. Sometimes the greatest message we can send to our kids is to show what the joy of God would do for our home. Instead of just religiously working our way through stuff, thinking that is going to get them to follow the Lord. What well, I tell you, should I tell you that some of the things that I make think think of making follow the Lord when they see mom and dad loving each other and having a laugh together, when they know what it is to have a laugh together as a family and to have a laugh around the meal table. What would it look like this week if you turned off the TV and you actually sat around the table and had a meal together? Like set the table, put a candle in the middle and actually talked to each other as a family. And don't be put off when one of the kids says, who's coming? <laughs> no, no, no one's coming, it's just us. We're just doing this. You know, it's those things. It's those little changes. It's working with a little oil where I am declaring over me and over my family and over my future, bye-bye, emptiness, hello, overflow. I may have started with a little oil, but there's a lot more oil coming because God is pouring out something more. We might not have much today, but I'm just going to keep pouring. I'm just going to keep pouring. I'm just going to keep pouring and believing and pouring and holding on and pouring. And I'm going to keep saying with every drop that pours, bye-bye, emptiness, hello, overflow. You know what? Like, like, you know, I don't know. Let's say, let's say, let's say that's behind. I'm I'm saying, I'm saying bye-bye, emptiness, hello, overflow. Come on, try it, try it with me. Try it, try me. Bye-bye. Emptiness. Hello. Overflow. Now, come on, come on. That's great. That's great. Great start. But I think a little bit of attitude. A little bit of attitude. Because like, we're saying, we're not saying bye-bye. Emptiness. We're saying bye-bye. Emptiness. Hello. Overflow. Come on now. Let's give it a go. I don't know. You might even want to stand up and just do something radical. Come on now. Let's say, this is, hey, listen, we're speaking this over you. We're speaking it over your family. We're speaking it over your future. We're speaking it over this house in the name of Jesus. Bye-bye. Hello, overflow. Come again. Bye-bye, emptiness. Hello, overflow. One more time. Bye-bye, emptiness. Hello, overflow. I'll give the Lord. A praise offering. Hallelujah.